welcome back it has been a hot minute it's been a little bit over a month or right at a month since we actually sat down and did an episode and on today's episode of the nerd herd i am here with my girlfriend at spinigus and we are actually discussing the uh, legend of zelda today mm-hmm. just a forewarning we do use uh foul language so if you would know you are not mature enough to hear the uh vulgar ugly language that the adults use when your parents are arguing just kind of veer away now so this is already a hot topic anyway because everybody already hotly debates the uh, legend of zelda timeline because everybody knows how convoluted it is yeah didn't always be that way but here we are now and we're actually and we're actually in a better a better place now, timeline-wise, than we have been because of how Breath of the Wild was. So today, we are actually going to going into an examination of the uh, timeline, starting from the beginning, and going all the way to Breath of the Wild, with some other stuff thrown in between, and we're just going to see how this goes. Now. I have played many Zelda games, but I've never actually beaten any of them. She's actually beaten more than I have, so. <laughs> yeah, if anything, she's got more of a knowledge of Legend of Zelda than I do. Uh, just to go ahead and give, uh, give a little bit more detail before we get started. We are a uh, podcast that live streams on Twitch. And uh, it's, you can actually go on anchor.fm and you can actually find our uh, previous episodes. And that's where uh, episodes get posted not long after they get streamed. And so that'd be the place, that'd be the place to go if you want to look up any of the uh, past episodes. Because we have episodes stretching. We have 13 episodes, I believe, currently with five premium episodes that are only a $1.99 uh, subscription for. Which is not much. But, I mean, got to make that, got to make that uh, money somehow. Mm-hmm. It's rough right now. So without further ado, let us begin. Get my my uh, trusty uh, timeline cheat sheet here. I guess I can call it that. All right. So this is a uh, definitive little. Thing. A lot of the resources come from the uh, either the official Wikipedia or the uh, Zelda Wiki. It's just everywhere that they have little tidbits about uh, all the different pieces of the timeline and everything. So this is going to start in the beginning. And the Golden Goddesses create Hyrule. Amid pure chaos, the three Golden Goddesses, which are known as Din, Nehru, and Faror. I said that wrong. They created the land, order, and life, respectively. Then created Earth, Termina, the Minish Realm, and the world of the Ocean King. Nehru separated these new worlds from the Twilight Realm, Demon Realm, and the Divine Realm, as well as each other. Faeror created all life, including the goddess Hylia, demons, and all life that lives on Earth. With their work complete, they entrusted their power to be protected by the goddess Hylia, which would manifest as the Triforce when they left the Earth. 
This was because in their omnipotence they knew that the demon demise would one day breach the surface and attempt to steal it. The era of goddess Hylia. For an unspecified amount of time, Hylia ruled over the earth and its people. During this time, Demise amassed an army and watched an attack against the surface, killing all in their path. To protect her people, she gathered all the Hylians together on a massive rock around her temple where the statue of the goddess resided. Using her divine power, she raised this mass as well as the holding place of the Triforce into the sky above the clouds away from Demise and his army, which she separated by a cloud barrier. With the Hylians safe, Hylia joined with the remaining races of the earth and selected a hero who was her bravest warrior. After a very long battle, Hylia sealed Demise away in the crater where her temple used to be, which became known as the Sealed Grounds. And this is where the events of Skyward Sword begin. In present day, Galop, a small civilization has been formed where most memories and nightmares of the circle have been forgotten and lost. The people of Skylov knew that. It's okay, you're good. Great. I'm good. Next to nothing about the land beneath the cloud. A young man named Link was having a strange dream depicting a giant dark beast and a mysterious person. He is awoken by a loft link owned by his childhood friend Zelda. The loft link gives Link a letter from Zelda asking him to meet her at the section the goddess in preparation of the annual queen ceremony scheduled to take place that day. Link arrives at the statue of the goddess to find that his crimson walkman has gone missing and begins to search for it after overhearing Bruce calling in stretch. Link discovers that they're responsible for his walkman's disappearance and that they hit the walkman deep in the waterfall cave. Link takes a practice sword from the sparing hall and enters the waterfall cave. On the other end of it, he meets with Zelda, who has come to assist Link in fighting his Lock Link after stating that Link's Lock Link may be a hit. Zelda hears a strange voice and wanders who quickly assures Link that nothing is wrong. The two find the Lock Link and free him. Zelda then asks Link if he heard the voice she heard earlier and says that she feels as if someone is calling out to her. She proceeds to tell them about the possibility of the land. Beneath the clouds called the surface, said to be far more vast than sky. She quickly brushes it off, and the two fly to the waffling ceremony together. With all the participants ready, the wing ceremony begins despite Bruce and his lackeys' efforts to prevent him from winning. Link succeeds in plucking in plucking the bird statue from the talons of another lawman, making him the victor. Link and Zelda proceed to the goddess statue to complete the ceremony, where Zelda bestows the blessings of the goddess upon Link and gives him the cell block. To conclude the ceremony, Link must jump off the statue <clears> and land safely using the cell block. Zelda pushes him off instead, and Link is successful. Zelda praises Link and proposes that the two fly around the cloud together in celebration. However, as they are flying, the mysterious black tornado suddenly appears and puts Zelda off her lock wing, causing her to fall beneath the cloud barrier. Link tries to rescue her, but is knocked out by the tornado himself in the process. Link's lock wing takes him back to Skywalk. That night, he has a dream depicting that Zelda's free falling into the mouth of the same beast 
from his dream at the beginning of the game. After waking up in his bed, he explains the events that transpired to Zilla's father, Headmaster Deborah. Although Deborah tells him to rest, Link soon hears the voice of a mysterious spirit once more and leaves his room. Following the spirit of the goddess statue, the spirit appears from a sword within the statue and introduces his, herself as Fate. She tells Link that he must take the blade he sees in front of him and embark on his destined journey. As a chosen hero of the goddesses, although he is apprehensive at first, B tells him that Zelda is still alive and Link enrolls the blade. The two are joined in moments after Gibbon, who explains the hidden knowledge of a prophecy that foretold that his, of what has taken place before him. He tells Link that to reach the surface and rescue Zelda, he must pierce the cloud barrier, something nobody has ever done before. B recommends the situation by bestowing Link with the Emerald Tablet. Which opens a portal through the clouds to the world below. The next day, after receiving, receiving his Green Knight's uniform, as the only graduating member of his class, Link makes preparations and heads to the surface to find Silva. As he descends, he arrives at the sealed ground where he sees a dark aura emanating, emanating from a ceiling spike in the center of a large pit. Upon witnessing this, Link has yet another vision of the dark face. He descends and approaches the spike and hears the voice telling him to strike it with a skyward strike. Link does so and a sinister aura disappears. Afterward, Link heads to the temple inside the mysterious woman, which gives him a hand about Zelda's whereabouts, urging him to venture into a nearby fernwood to find her. Link proceeds into the woods and continues his journey until he enters Skyview Temple. After he makes his way through the temple to the door that leads to Skyview Spring, a strange man appears in front of him. He introduces himself as Garrett and explains to Link that he, he is responsible for the tornado and brought Zelda to the surface. Garrett tells Link that he and his forces nearby captured Zelda before a servant of the goddess helped her escape. The state Zelda now lies beyond the door. He prepares to fight Link, threatening to beat him within an inch of his life. After Link defeats him, he realizes that Zelda's presence is no longer in the area, threatening to kill Link. As he, if he interferes with him again, the young hero enters the Skyview Spring. And B translates words that the goddess left for him, indicating that Zelda must purify her body in two different springs. Link receives a ruby tablet and then returns to Skywalk. Find the emerald tablet inside the goddess statue. With a new portal to the continue, his journey to find Zelda. After making his way through the temple, Garyan appears to Link and tells him that once again, someone else took Zelda. He sits Scalera on Link and believes to battle each other. While he tries to reclaim Zelda, Link triumphs against the monster and proceeds to the second spring. There, Zelda is seen with a young woman in front of the golden port. The woman prevents her and Link from reuniting. I want to pause right there. 
this is a spoiler alert, the woman that was with Zelda on Zucket's ring is actually Impa, her aunt. It explains it later on. Zelda that sadly tells Link that she has to leave and apologizes to him before, leave, before entering the portal. He tries to follow her, but the woman stops him. She chastises Link for his failure to arrive in a timely fashion. And follows Zelda through the portal, which disappears in a flash of light. Link is left hurt and frustrated. B translates another message from the goddess intended for him, revealing that Zelda is headed to Linear Desert. Link receives another tablet, known as the Amber Tablet, and returns to Skyloft to place it inside the goddess statue. Another portal to the surface is created. Link and B set out to the Linear Desert. While exploring the desert, they find, a temp find the Temple of Time. However, the entrance has been blocked, forcing Link to enter via secret passage in the Lanary Mining Facility. This makes me mind more than anything. When he gets aside, he sees Zelda and a strange woman standing at the gate of time. Just before Link can rejoin Zelda, Garahim breaks through the rubble, blocking the entrance to the Temple of Time, and casts the barrier in front of him, preventing him from reaching Garahim proceeds to engage in battle in Zelda's escort. Amid the frantic action, Zelda gives Link the Goddess Heart. As Garahim's magic barrier dissipates, Link intervenes. intervenes in the battle, allowing Zelda and her companion to escape Garahim by entering the Gate of Time. On their way through, Zelda's companion destroys the gate to prevent Garahim from following him. After vowing to kill Link in the next time they meet, Garahim leaves the scene. Link decides to return to steal ground to learn how to use the goddess heart. As Link descends to the steel grounds, Bruce intercepts him in midair. They both fall to the surface, and Bruce is shocked by what he sees around him. Link explains the situation, calming, calming the former. Bruce's old attitude quickly returns and tells Link to head back to Skyloft, hoping to find and rescue Zelda himself. However, the old woman at the sealed temple tells Bruce that he will not be the one to save Zelda, and he leaves the sealed temple in anger. The old woman reveals that Zelda's bodyguard's name is Impa, before allowing Link to learn the Ballad of the Goddess. As he plays it on a sacred heart, a large structure appears behind him and is revealed to the second gate of time. However, inside the sealed temple, a beast known as the Imprisoned, the same monstrosity from Link's vision and dreams, responds to the appearance of the gate and breaks free from its seal. Although it is still powerful for Link to destroy, but he succeeds in sealing the Imprisoned back into its pit. Bruce is left with a feeling of uselessness and laments that he is unable to save Zelda. While the old woman tells Link he cannot activate the second gate until his sword is much more powerful, she tells him to seek out the three sacred flames of the golden goddesses for this purpose. 
Snake returns to Skyloft to find clues and whereabouts, three flames, and the lyrics, the Ballad of the Goddess. Snake rotates two windmills in Skyloft and makes them face each other. This unearths a life power and then Link performs the Ballad of the Goddess on the Goddess. And by the shrine at the top of the structure, in response, the light tower fires a beam to a large thunderhead in the distance. Link can fly to the thunderhead where he finds the Isle of Song. Inside, he learns a song known as Faroor's Church. For this song, Link travels to the Grand Woods and opens the portal in the silent realm. Parallel dimension created by the goddesses for the chosen hero to prove himself. After filling the spirit vessel with the tears of Faror, Link receives the water dragon's tail, allowing him to swim underwater in the form of the spin maneuver. He uses this new ability to head to Lake Florida, where he hopes to find his the first sacred flame. He, encou- he encounters Farron, the water dragon, presiding over Farron Woods, and discovers that she gravely wounded she's gravely wounded from an attack by Girahim. And his forces and his recuperating the basin of water as She tells Link to bring the sacred water to heal her wounds, promising to reveal the path to Pharaoh's fame in return. Link returns to Skyview Spring and collects the sacred water and heals the water dragon. Baron reveals that Pharaoh's flame lies in the And tells Link that they will meet again after conquering the challenges in the kingdom. The goddess sword is purified with Norse flame and is transferred to the goddess form. With the first flame obtained, Link returns to the Isle of Songs and learns the song known as Nehru's Wisdom. Link heads for the Nehru Desert and completes another Silent Realm challenge there, giving him the Claw Shots, which he uses to access the the Lanayru Sand Sea. There he meets Skipper, a robot who wants to captain the ship tasked with protecting Nehru's flame. After tracking down the sand ship and boarding it, Link defeats the pirate captain Skurbo that had stolen the ship, frees the crew, and battles the gargantuan monster Tentalus. After these ordeals, well, I know who Tentalus reminds me of in Skyward Sword. Who's that? The freaking girlfriend of Mike Wazowski. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> After these ordeals, Link receives Neighbor's Flame, which purifies his sword into the goddess White Sword. With only one flame left, Link returns to the Isle of Songs and learns the song known as Din's Power. <clears throat> He returns to Elden Volcano to complete his third Silent Realm trial, after which he receives the Fire Shield earrings. Using the protective jewelry, Link heads to the Volcano Summit where he finds the Fire Sanctuary. However, after traversing the Sanctuary, Girahim appears to Link once again and tells him that he has found out about the existence of the Second Gate of Time. He asks Link to reveal its location, but he refuses. Although Girahim partially transforms his body to become more powerful, Link succeeds in besting him, incurring his wrath. Girahim leaves once more, and Link obtains the final sacred flame. Din's flame improves the goddess White Sword into the Master Sword. With the evil repelling sacred blade in hand, Link returns to the sealed grounds to open the Gate of Time. 
However, the imprisoned is released once again, reacting to the power of the Master Sword. The young hero seals the beast away for a second time with help from Bruce, who came out of his depression and built a bomb-flinging catapult to deal with the monster. Link finally activates the second gate of time and proceeds to the distant past, arriving shortly after the goddess had sealed away the demon king demise and sent Skyloft heavenward with the surviving humans and the sacred power. Link meets with Zelda, who reveals her true nature as the mortal reincarnation of the goddess Hyrule. After she sealed away Demise, Hylia knew that her power would not bind him forever. With this in mind, she devised a plan to destroy the Demon King once and for all. Hylia knew that the sacred power known as the Triforce would eventually have to be used by someone worthy of it, someone with an unbreakable spirit to destroy Demise. She created Fee to assist the chosen hero who would inevitably fulfill the goddess's wishes on his quest and decide to transfer her soul out, of the body of, out to the body of a mortal. Zelda. The goddess knew that Link would charge headfirst into peril without hesitation if it meant saving Zelda, and Zelda apologizes to Link for using him as Hylia to bring about the ultimate destruction of Demise. She also reveals that the imprisoned is Demise's weak form, weakened form, and thanks Link for repeatedly confining it in the sacred grounds. He blesses the Master Sword with the power of the goddess, causing it to take on its true form, the, master, the true Master Sword. Zelda tells Link that as the reincarnation of Hylia, she must remain in a deep sleep for thousands of years to keep Demise imprisoned within its seal. She seals herself into a crystal and tells Link that he must find and use the Triforce to destroy Demise so that she will be able to wake up in their own time. After an emotional goodbye, Link returns to the present and sets up to find clues to the location of the Triforce. Link returns to Skyloft where the Triforce is supposedly hidden and asks Gapor what he knows about it. However, the Headmaster has little knowledge of the Triforce and can only tell Link of the great Sky Spirit Levias, who lives in the Thunderhead and whose knowledge is said to be encyclopedic. However, Instructor Olan informs Link that Levias has been acting strange lately and suggests that he is possessed by something. Alan teaches Link and his Loftwing the spiral charge maneuver and tells Link to speak to the owner of the Lumpy Pumpkin, a small diner popular among the Knights of Skyloft. The owner makes an offering of his pumpkin suit to Levias on a yearly basis. Link offers to take the suit to Levias in his steed and brings it inside the Thunderhead, drawing out the Sky Spirit within it. However, Levias is indeed possessed by a creature known as Bilisai and Link is forced to battle and destroy it to rescue the Sky Spirit. After returning to his senses, Levias tells Link to sink out the three dragons on the surface who know of three separate parts to a song known as the Song of the Hero, which will supposedly lead the way to the Triforce. When Link descends to Faron Woods, an anomaly prevents him from going anywhere but the sealed grounds. Upon arrival, Link teams up with Bruce to seal the imprisoned for a third time. The old woman explains that Link cannot interfere on woods because it is currently flooded and to keep the sealed ground safe from this flood, she placed a seal on the gate to the woods that will only hold as long as the gate is not open. Bruce decides to use the, his machine to fling Link into the woods. Link lands in the flooded woods and investigates the inside of the great tree where the water supposedly emerged from. Link meets Faron again inside the tree where she informs him that she flooded the woods to get rid of the monsters in the area. She offers him the challenge of collecting the notes to her part of the Song of Hero in the form of tap, tad tones. 
Queen completes the challenge and is given the water dragon's part of the song before she decides to cause the flooding to recede, returning Farron Woods to its original state. Link then sets out to his next destination. When Link descends to Elden Volcano to visit the fire dragon Elden, a volcanic eruption throws him out of the sky, knocking him unconscious. As he comes to, he finds that the Bokoblins had set up a new base in the area and took the opportunity to badly injure Link and steal his items. Link finds himself in a cell with no way out until a Mogman known as Platts, whom he had met before in the Fire Sanctuary, burrows in and reveals that he had stolen Link's Mogma mitts back from the Bokoblins, allowing Link to burrow out of the cell and begin recovering his items. However, without the Master Sword, Link is unable to fight the Bokoblins directly and must use stealth to evade them and find his items. After some time, Link recovers all of his items and proceeds to the Volcano Summit to meet Elden, who imparts his part of the song, part of the Song of the Hero, to Link. When Link descends to visit the Thunder Dragon, Lanayru, he crawls through a small tunnel in Lanayru Caves, uncovered by Gola, Goron who is mining for time shift stones. Link ends up in Lanayru Gorge, where the Thunder Dragon supposedly lives. However, he finds nothing but a skeleton suggesting that the Thunder Dragon had somehow died. Link recovers a key and finds a room with a time shift stone and a minecart, which is about to be sent to the Thunder Dragon. Activating the time shift stone, Link is able to proceed around and through the caves to reach the Thunder Dragon, shifting time backward to a point when the Thunder Dragon was still alive. He is known to have been deathly ill and needs fruit from the Tree of Life to recover. A sapling has been planted in the present desert area, but is unable to flourish in the Lanayu province, province's climate. Using time shift stones, Link digs up the sapling and brings it back through the gate of time to the Temple of Hylia, where he plants it, allowing it to grow into a tree that bears the life-saving fruit in the present-day sealed temple. Taking the fruit, Link brings it to the Thunder Dragon and saves his life. The Thunder Dragon recovers and teaches Link his part of the Song of the Hero. With the three parts of the Song of the Hero, Link returns to Levias, who combines the three dragon's parts with his own to teach Link the full song. With the full song in hand, Link returns to Skyloft and uses the song to open the trial gate to the final Silent Realm. On the other side, Link completes the trial in Skyloft and receives a stone of trials that will lead to the trial. There is a second stone of trial somewhere in Skyloft, and bringing the two together will reveal the path to the trial force. Link identifies the stone as the missing eye of a bird statue facing away from the Isle of the Goddess and opens up the Sky Keep by inserting the missing stone into the bird statue's eyesight. Link enters the mysterious dungeon and conquers its many trials, obtaining the three separated pieces of the Triforce along the way. With the Triforce in hand, Link ascends onto the goddess statue, goddess's statue and makes his wish, the destruction of demise. The entire Isle of the Goddess breaks free from Skyloft and plummets down to the surface, returning to its original location at the sealed grounds, crushing and destroying the imprisoned as it attempts to escape its confines once more. Descending from the goddess statue, Link rushes into the sealed temple to witness Zelda's awakening. The group bears witness to Zelda's return from her long sleep, and she and Link are finally reunited. However, just as the group believes that Link's long journey is finally over, near a human ambush, he abducts Zelda and enters the Gate of Time, intending to use her to resurrect demise in the distant past. Regaining his strength from Garyham's initial ambush, Link pursues him to the past, finding Impa on the ground as he emerges from the Gate of Time. Impa reveals that Garyham ambushed her and passed through the large doors at the front of the temple with Zelda. 
He assures Link that she will be fine and urges him to persevere. Link heads out to the sealed grounds where Deerahim is beginning the ritual to revive the Mize, who is still sealed in the past by having him absorb Zelda's soul, as she is the reincarnation of Hylia. He has his troops assail Link in absurd numbers to keep the hero at bay while the ritual progresses, but Link charges through the army of Bokoblins and reaches Deerahim at the bottom of the spiral pit. Deerahim expresses his rage at Link for being too quick and throws Zelda into the air before finally taking on his true form, a living weapon, a sword spirit comparable to Fee. He raises Link and himself on a high platform where he announces his intention to kill Link ironically by driving the boy from the sky to the edge and throwing him off. However, Link does exactly that, driving Deerahim to the edge of the platform and knocking him off before plunging his sword into the demon lord's chest to damage him. Hirahim's rage peaks as he summons blades with which to battle. Link continues to strike the gemstone in the center of Hirahim's chest, eventually defeating him once and for all. However, Hirahim reveals that the ritual he started continued. The imprisoned rises from the pit and the sealed ground, swallowing Zelda's soul and returning to his original form, Demise. Hirahim welcomes back his master before the latter silently raises his hand, using his power to draw his blade which is a dark, corrupted version of the Master Sword, out from within Girahim. Girahim's lifeless form is drawn into the blade and Demise expresses his fascination with Link's courage. He then causes Zelda to fall from the air, but before her body can hit the ground, Bruce arrives from nowhere and catches her. He tells Link that it will take some time for Demise to fully absorb Zelda's soul, giving Link a chance to save her by destroying him. Seeing Link defy his expectation of humankind by standing against him, Demise decides to give Link the chance to duel him in another realm for the fate of the world, creating a dark portal that he enters. Link follows him through the portal and finds the Demon King against the backdrop of the sky. Demise speaks with Link before their final battle before their battle begins, telling him of his intention to destroy him and take the Triforce to rule the world for eternity. Link manages to outdo Demise at swordplay, causing the latter to summon a thunderstorm and power his blade with lightning. However, Link does the same with the Master Sword and uses electrified skyward strikes to match Demise's power. Finally, Demise is knocked down on his back and Link leaps into the air, plunging the Master Sword through the Demon King's chest. Demise stumbles to his feet and commends Link but warns him that he is not finished. He explains that his hatred will be reborn as a being to pursue domination of the world and those with the blood of the goddess and spirit of the hero will be trapped in the cycle without end. Link raises his blade and absorbs the remains of the Demon King into the Master Sword. Link returns from the battle to find Zelda and Bruce and the three return to the Temple of Hylia, where they meet with Impa and prepare to return to their own time. At Fee's behest, Link plunges the Master Sword into a pedestal on the sealed temple, leaving it and his partner behind now that her purpose to guide Link has been fulfilled. Just before she enters asleep without end, Fee tells Link that, that while she is unable to feel true emotion, she feels something best equated to happiness due to her time spent with Link. Despite Zelda's pleas, Impa is unable to return with the group to their time as she is a being of that era. Impa states that as a member of the Sheikah, she must watch over the Master Sword to ensure that Demise does not reawaken. She declares that she will also watch over the Triforce and that it will eventually be secreted away from the knowledge of humankind to preserve the peace. Impa promises Zelda that even though she will destroy the Gate of Time, they will meet again. Zelda gives Impa one of the bracelets that she had been wearing throughout most of the game before she, Link, and Groose return to their own time.
On the other end of the gate, they see the old woman as she destroys the gate from that end. She repeats her promise of seeing Zelda once again before showing her the bracelet that Zelda had just given to Impa in the past, revealing that the old woman was an elderly Impa all along. As the group realizes this, Impa vanishes and particles of light are due to the goddess finally fulfilled. As the group laments Impa's death, a large gate in the back of the sealed temple opens to reveal the Master Sword, remaining in the pedestal where Link had left it in the past. After the credits, it is shown that Gipora, Colin, and Stritch fly down through the cloudberry to meet with Zelda, Link, and Bruce. Bruce returns to Skylock with the others, bidding farewell to Link and Zelda, who are seen on the goddess statue once more as Link plays the ballad of the goddess on the goddess's part. Zelda tells Link that she had always dreamt about the surface and that she wants to remain there and asks what Link's intentions are for the future. Link smiles at her and the camera pans to show both his and Zelda's loft wings flying back into the sky, implying that Link chose to stay with Zelda. And that is the end of Skyward Sword. That was the first game in the Legend of Zelda time. Oh, I'm a little bit out of breath. Trust me. I got out of breath almost on the third, fourth paragraph. You have your own. Yeah, the troops open it. Okay. I heard you make about 10 grammatical errors. I heard you way make, make, I heard you make way more than I did. I didn't say a word. It's not Faron, it's Farron. Farron. Okay. All right. Going into that, uh, from there enters the Era of Chaos. After an unspecified amount of time, legends started to spread about a great power which caused a massive war of the location of the sacred realm, realm where it was said to reside. Well. Well, this war was waged by dark magic wielders known as the interlopers who tried to seize control of the sacred realm using the few shadow which was a stone-like helmet of massive power. Eventually, the descendants of Zelda and the rest of the Skylop inhabitants built Hyrule Castle in the center of Hyrule near the Temple of Time, and Zelda's line was named the royal family. Not long after, naming princesses born in the royal family after Zelda became a tradition. Prophecy fulfilling itself. The Force Era. During what was known as the Force Era, Hyrule was attacked by evil beings. A race called the Minish, known as Pekori by Hylians, descended from the Minish realm to save Hyrule from the invaders. They gifted the Pekori Blade and the Light Force to a chosen hero of men who sealed the evil beings away in a chest that was locked shut with the blade. The Light Force was then sealed within the Zelda bloodline of princesses. To commemorate this victory, a Pekori festival was held once a year when the champion of the sword fight tournament won the right to touch the Pekori Blade. On the 100th anniversary of the Pekori festival, a Minish named Body wins the tournament. During the award ceremony, Vadi breaks the blade and opens the bound chest in hopes to find the light force. 
He unknowingly unleashes the evil beings housed within. He then turns Zelda to stone and kidnaps her when he discovers the life force is within her. Body uses the white force to transform into a winged demon. And this comes, I believe, directly toward from the game. Long ago in the Kingdom of Hyrule, there appeared a wind sorcerer named Body. Body could bend the wind to his will and used his awful power to terrorize many villages of Hyrule. In his assaults on the villages, Body would kidnap any beautiful girls who caught his fancy. Many knights from the castle and other brave men set out to subdue the sorcerer and rescue the girls, but each one fell in turn to Body's awesome power. Just as the people had begun to lose hope, a lone young boy traveling with little but a sword at his side appeared. When this boy heard what was happening, he said only, I will defeat this sorcerer. He boldly entered Body's palace, mystically trapped the evil sorcerer inside the blade of his sword, and returned the young girls to their villages. The boy then went deep into the forest and disappeared. I do believe that is the uh, pretty much the summary of the Minish Cap. Uh, the villagers asked the girls how a boy so young could have saved them all, saved them all and defeated the sorcerer when no one else could. The young girls told a story of how with just a wave of his sword, the boy's body shattered into four pieces, each of which then formed a complete copy of the boy. These four young boys then worked together to defeat the sorcerer. The people did not believe the story, but they called it the four sword nonetheless. As rumors of the blade's power to divide a person into four entities spread, the people built a shrine to protect it. Princess Zelda of the land of Hyrule was a beautiful young girl born with a mysterious power to sense approaching forces of evil. For this reason, she was assigned the sacred duty of protecting the shrine of the four sword and the blade itself. One day, Zelda was in Hyrule Castle when she sensed that something unusual was occurring at the four sword shrine. She asked a boy named Link, whom she trusted above anyone else, to accompany her to investigate the happenings at the shrine. As they approached the shrine to check on the seal, suddenly a dark figure grabbed Princess Zelda. The seal and body had weakened over time, and body managed to break out of his prison within the Four Sword. Having still no memory of his times of the quarry or the power of the Light Force, body did not recognize the princess and saw only a fair maiden. He decided she was to become his bride to commemorate his return and took off with her to his palace. After being instructed by fairies, Link takes, the, Link takes the four sword from his pedestal and is split into four as the legend foretold. The great fairies could help Link to get to the Palace of Winds, but not until he proved himself courageous enough. After traveling over three different lands and the dungeons they contained, Link and his three other selves confronted the Wind Mage in the Palace of Winds, the seat of Body's power. After an arduous battle between the sorcerer and the heroes, Link was able to reseal body into the four sword blade. And just like that, we covered uh, the Minish Cap and four swords. Because although the Minish Cap has its own story, they kind of just assumed and just faded it directly into four swords. So, I mean, that's that's just the way of how they did it back then, I guess. Uh, okay, this goes into the era of the Hero of Time. This is where it starts to get, this is the beginning of where it gets 
goofy. Yep. Or rather, this is the precursor to the beginning. At some point, Hyrule erupted with infighting amongst its inhabitants. This possibly was due to rumors of the next hero being born. During the war, a dying Hylian woman fled to the Kokiri forest and left the child Link in the care of the great Deku tree. Is it Deku or Deku? Okay. It's not Deku, Deku, Dooku, no. No. Deku. Great Deku tree. Okay. That's a lot better. I was making sure I was getting it right after your whole fiasco with Faron. It's not Faron, not Firon, not Faron, not Uron, no. It's Faron. Faron. Okay. Now that you've established that. Alright. In the Kokiri Forest, all the forest children have their guardian fairies, bestowed upon them by the great Deku, Deku tree, except for one boy named Link. Link has recently been plagued by nightmares of a girl fleeing from an evil man clad in black. For as long as he can remember, Link has been ostracized by the other children and has never quite fit in. One day, as he is nearing death, the great Deku tree sends Navi the fairy to summon the boy to him. To test young Link's courage, the great Deku tree bids Link to venture inside his hollow and break the curse cast upon him by a wicked man dressed in black. Link complies, but his efforts are for naught. The great Deku tree's death was sealed in the pages of fate before Link's attempt had even begun. With his final breath, the great Deku tree bestows upon Link the spiritual stone of the forest, the Kokiri's Emperor, and entreats him to travel to Hyrule Castle and meet with Princess Zelda. After traveling across Hyrule Field and passing through Castle Town, Link does not take long to realize that speaking to the Princess of Hyrule will not be a simple matter. Many guards stand watch, alert and ready to catch any trespassers. However, he manages to infiltrate the castle, bypassing the front gate and evading all of the guards in his path. When he reaches the castle itself, the raised drawbridge seems like an insurmountable obstacle. However, Link discovers an unguarded water drain by the castle moat and manages to crawl through the hole, emerging within the castle garden. Many more guards are on patrol here, but Link can dodge all of them and sneak into the castle courtyard. In this courtyard, his fate converges with that of the young princess of Hyrule. Princess Zelda tells Link of her prophetic dreams, explaining that she had seen him come from the forest and break through a veil of darkness accompanied by a fairy god and bearing the Kokiri's emerald. She also warns him about Ganondorf, the man clad in black whom Zelda believes is symbolized by the dark clouds of her dreams, and his evil intention to steal the Triforce of Legend from the Sacred Realm. With the power of the goddesses, his desire to subjugate the world would be realized. To do this, Ganondorf would require not only the three spiritual stones of Hyrule, but also the mystical offering of time. Zelda insists that Link track down the other two spiritual stones so that they might beat Ganondorf to the Triforce and put an end to his plot. Link sets out for Death Mountain and Zora's domain, where he succeeds in assisting both the Gorons and the Zoras in willing the Calamites that Ganondorf had brought in his pursuit of the Triforce and is awarded the other two spiritual stones, the Goron's Ruby and Zora's Sapphire, for his efforts. He returns to Hyrule Castle to inform Zelda of his success, only to witness his nightmare come to pass. Ganondorf attacked Hyrule Castle in an attempt to steal the Ocarina of Time, and Princess Zelda was forced to flee with her loyal attendant Impa on horseback to keep the Triforce from Ganondorf's hands. 
As she passes Link on the drawbridge of Hyrule Castle Town, she throws the ocarina into the moat to give him the chance to enter the sacred realm and retrieve the Triforce. In hot pursuit, Ganondorf charges across the drawbridge on horseback, blasting Link with dark magic when he tries to stand in his way. Dismissing Link as no credible threat to his power, he speeds off in pursuit of the princess. When Link retrieves the Ocarina of Time from the moat, he receives a telepathic message from Zelda telling him to play the Song of Time in front of the Temple of Time's altar. Link makes his way to the Temple of Time and proceeds to use the three spiritual stones and play the Song of Time to open the door of time. That's helpful. Beyond it lies the Master Sword, Blade of Evil's Fame, resting in the pedestal of time. Link draws the blade, unlocking the gateway to the Sacred Realm. Despite the Master Sword accepting Link as its wielder, it seals him away in the Sacred Realm. Ganondorf, who had suspected that Link might have already acquired the keys to the Sacred Realm, appears and mocks him for leading him to the Triforce. Link watches helplessly as Ganondorf crosses over into the Sacred Realm. Several years later, Link is awakened by an old man in the Chamber of Sages. He introduces himself as Ryu. Raru and reveals himself as one of the ancient sages that preside over the sacred realm. Raru explains that only the Hero of Time can pull the Master Sword from its pedestal. However, Link was too young to be the Hero of Time, so his spirit was sealed in the sacred realm for seven years. Raru further reveals that Ganondorf, Ganondorf obtained the Triforce after gaining access to the sacred realm and used its power to transform Hyrule into a land of darkness. Raru urges Link to seek out the remaining sages and grants Link his power in the form of the Light Medallion. Link returns to the Temple of Time where he is greeted by a mysterious man named Sheik, one of the survivors of the ancient Sheikah tribe. He tells Link of Ganondorf's conquest over the last seven years and of the legend of the sages. He urges Link to awaken the five remaining sages in the five temples mentioned in the legend, which are scattered throughout Hyrule. Wielding the blade of evil's bane, Link sets out to break the curse in the hall of the sacred temples and awaken the sages within. After all six sages are awakened, Link returns to the Temple of Time and encounters Sheik again. Sheik tells Link another legend of the Triforce passed down by the Sheikah. The Triforce is a scale that measures the three virtues ruled by the golden goddesses, power, wisdom, and courage. If the heart of someone who holds the sacred triangle carries all three of these forces in balance, that person will acquire the Triforce intact, the divine authority to govern all. If one's heart is not in balance, the Triforce will separate into three parts, and only one part will remain for the one who touched the Triforce, that part which embodies the force that one most believes in. If one with an unbalanced heart would seek the Triforce, then that person must strive to acquire the two lost parts, which will rest within two others chosen by destiny who will hold the crest of the goddesses on the backs of their hands. When Ganondorf laid his hands upon the Triforce, the prophecy came to pass. The Triforce split into its three parts, and only the Triforce of Power remained in Ganondorf's hands. Ganondorf proceeded to conquer the Sacred Realm and became the self-proclaimed King of Evil, but his lust for power was not yet satisfied. Ganondorf began hunting, began hunting for those chosen by destiny to obtain the other two pieces of the Triforce that had escaped his grasp. Sheik reveals that Link wields the Triforce of Courage and sheds his disguise to reveal himself as Princess Zelda, the seventh sage who wields the Triforce of Wisdom. 
Zelda tells Link that she thought that giving him the Ocarina of Time seven years prior would be the best way to keep it out of Ganondorf's grasp. However, she did not predict that Ganondorf would follow Link into the Sacred Realm and take the Triforce of Power for his own. Zelda disguised herself as a Sheikah to hide from Ganondorf and waited seven years for Link to return. Zelda tells Link that the Sages must seal Ganondorf inside the Sacred Realm and that she must seal the door to the Sacred Realm itself to keep him in prison. However, in revealing herself to Link, Zelda also exposes herself to Ganondorf, who has been waiting for such a moment. He promptly encases her within a large magic crystal and brings her to his castle, constructed where Hyrule Castle had stood before its destruction. Link rushes to the castle to save the princess. Link breaks the barrier around the fortress with the help of the six awakened sages. Storming the keep, he confronts Ganondorf and a climactic battle unfolds over the fate of Hyrule and the Triforce. Without a strong and righteous mind, Ganondorf cannot control the power of the gods and is felled by Link's hand. With their power now restored, the sages cast the evil incarnation darkness into the void of the evil realm that had been the sacred realm before being stained by Ganondorf's evil. Zelda then seals the gateway, imprisoning Ganondorf within the sacred realm. Before he is sealed away, Ganondorf warns Link and Zelda that he will return to exterminate their descendants when the seal is broken. Zelda instructs Link to place the Master Sword back in its pedestal and close the door of time, closing the road between the two timelines. And, he's, and she sends him to his original time. After Link returns to his original time, he retains knowledge about Hyrule's fate. With this information, he visits Princess Zelda to prevent such a fate from ever occurring. Link, who traveled through time to save the land, would be forever known in legend as the hero of time. Here, have some water. It's empty. Have some water. I'll have coke. Well, that is Ocarina of Time. Now begins uh, the split. Damn. Uh, where is the... Oh, there's the timer. Okay. There's so many. Yeah, there's only three. It's mostly a cakewalk. You can divide it in parts. Uh, some games have more details than others. Uh, we can. We've still got at least another hour, another forty minutes worth of uh, talk time, so yeah. we can get through this pretty easily. So. Uh, well. So first, we will go timeline A. Which is the fallen timeline. In this version of events, Link is defeated by Ganondorf in the final battle. He takes Link's Triforce of Courage and Zelda's Triforce of Wisdom, giving him complete power and becoming the Demon King. The final trump card, Princess Zelda and the Seven Sages, seal Ganondorf and the Triforce in the Sacred Realm, now known as the Dark World. And this and then from here we enter the era of light and darkness. Sometime after this, Hyrule was rebuilt and a new king was appointed. After a brief period of peace, the door to the now dark world was reopened. 
People fought each other to claim the Triforce, but those who entered the Dark World never returned. Instead, these unfortunate people were turned into minions for Ganon's army of demons which attacked Hyrule. With the help of the Knights of Hyrule, the Seven Sages sealed the gate to the Dark World. This became known as the Imprisoning War, which left Hyrule impoverished. Uh, and this is where the, the, the events of A Link to the Past begin. Once the conflicts against Ganon had ceased, Hyrule entered a time of peace that lasted for centuries, until one year when unexplained catastrophes began to occur. Pestilence and drought ravaged the land. Thinking the recent disasters plaguing Hyrule were somehow linked to the Sage's seal, the king investigated it but found it to be intact. Desperate for answers, he, off he offered rewards for anyone who could find the source of Hyrule's troubles. In response, a stranger named Haganim appeared as if from nowhere and stayed the catastrophe with mighty magic. As a reward, the king gave him a new position as chief advisor to the throne and the common folk claimed him their hero. Once more, peace appeared to have returned to Hyrule, yet all was not well. Aganim began to govern Hyrule in, peace of the, in place of the king and abuse his political power as he saw fit. Rumors spread saying that Aganim planned to remove the king and take the crown for himself, and that strange magical experiments were taking place in the castle tower at night. He cast spells on the soldiers and kidnapped the young maidens descended from the seven sages, using their powers in an attempt to break the seal placed on the sacred realm. The game starts with Link being awakened in the middle of the night by a telepathic plea from Princess Zelda, who tells him that she is being held prisoner in the dungeon of the castle. Now wide awake, Link finds his uncle with a sword and shield in hand. He tells Link not to leave the house and sets off to the castle. Link ignores his uncle's warning and follows him, only to arrive at the castle to find him gravely wounded. He gives Link his sword and shield and entrusts him with the fate of Princess Zelda. Link proceeds to rescue Zelda and the two escape the castle through its sewer system to the sanctuary just north of the castle. There, the priest tells Link that the only weapon powerful enough to defeat Aganim was the legendary Master Sword. He then sends him to find the Elder, Sahasrala. Sahasrala. I hope I'm saying that right. Who explains that not just anyone could wield the Master Sword that a hero must appear from the descendants of the Knights of Hyrule. To prove himself worthy of wielding the Sacred Blade, Link would need to acquire the Three Pendants of Virtue. After successfully attaining the Pendants and withdrawing the blade from its pedestal in the Lost Woods, Zelda calls out to Link yet again, this time warning that soldiers have invaded the Sanctuary. Link hurries off to the Sanctuary only to find that he was a moment too late and that the soldiers had already taken Zelda off the once again, Link hurries to her rescue and once again arrives too late, as Aganim was already in the process of sending Princess Zelda to the Dark World. Upon completing this ritual, little time was needed before the Sage's seal was completely broken. Link goes on to defeat Aganim, who then draws him into the Dark World. There, Link is contacted telepathically by Sahasrala, who tells him that he is standing in what was once the sacred realm, but was transformed by Ganon's evil wish to conquer the world. He then commissions Link with the task of rescuing the imprisoned maidens from the dungeon scattered across the Dark World. 
Upon freeing them all, Link travels to Ganon's tower where the seven maidens use their combined power to dispel the barrier sealing off the entrance. Link proceeds to traverse the tower and defeat Aghanim a second time. Upon his defeat, the shadow of Ganon rises from the body, turns into a bat, and flies off to the Pyramid of Power, where Link and Ganon face off. With the power of the Silver Arrows and the Master Sword, Link vanquishes Ganon, recovers the Triforce, and by making a wish, reverts the effects of Ganon's evil reign over Hyrule and restores the land to its former glory. And this goes into the events of Link's Awakening. Link, who had defeated the evil Ganon and regained peace in Hyrule, had not enjoyed the tranquility he had worked so hard to achieve for long and, event for long and eventually became restless. Feeling in need of training or enlightenment, he embarked on a journey and sailed across the oceans in a small sail. Eventually, Link completed his training in foreign countries and began to sail back to his home in Hyrule. But suddenly, the seas turned rough and the skies became dark. Link tried valiantly to fight the strong currents of the waves, even tying himself to the ship with some rope. But a bolt of lightning struck the ship and everything went dark. Later, on a faraway island, a young girl named Marin is walking along the shores of the island's beach. She suddenly spots someone laying on the sands. Upon looking closer, she finds an unconscious Link and tries to wake him, but to no avail. Unwilling to simply leave him lying on the beach, Marin takes Link back to her house in Navy Village. And this is why we don't click suspicious links. Shush. <laughs> that was funny. Shush. From beyond the darkness, Link hears the voice of a girl. He first mistakes the voice to be that of Princess Zelda, but wakes up to discover that it was instead the voice of Mary. It turned out that, miraculously, Link had been washed ashore on Coholent Island. What? Koholan? Right here. Koholan? Koholan? Island. Link starts his preparations to leave Koholan Island and Terran gives, gives him back his shield. He also tells him of another thing that washed up on the beach. Yet Link's sword is nowhere to be found. Searching on Koholan Island's beach, excuse me, Link eventually finds it. Just before picking it up, a mysterious owl flies down to him. The owl explains that high on the mountaintops of Koholan Island is a giant egg, and inside sleeps a being known as the Windfish. The owl says that the Windfish must be awakened, for that is the only way Link can leave Koholan Island. He tells Link that he needs to go into the mysterious woods to find the key, and then flies away. Left with nothing but a puzzling riddle and his questions, Link heeds the owl's words and heads into the mysterious woods. He eventually finds the tail key. The owl reappears and tells him to go into tail cave and to use the tail key to get inside. Oh. I'm sorry, I just saw the nose. Please don't. Link does so and fights his way through this early dungeon. After defeating the boss, Link finds a magical instrument, the full moon shell. Although Link does not know what it is at first, the owl reappears and explains that this instrument is one of the instruments of the sirens. The owl explains that Link must retrieve the remaining seven instruments of the sirens if he is to awaken the sleeping windfish. Link, still full of questions about the strange world, must explore the rest of the nest of Coholent Island and find the remainder of the instruments of the sirens. Later in his journey, Link arrives in Anna. 
village. The owl told him to venture into Yarna Desert to find an important item that will be. Unfortunately, a large sleeping walrus walks his back. That's me, I'm the walrus. I am the walrus. <laughs> um, however, one of the six rabbit siblings of Animal Village tells Link that Marin and her beautiful voice can awaken those who hear her. Link returns to Maybe Village and eventually gets an ocarina from the Dream Shrine. What? Is it Mabe? Yes. Okay, Mabe Village. He finds Marin on the Toronbo, the Toronbo Shores, who tells him of her wish to be a seagull so that she can fly around the world and share her songs with many people. She hopes that she can make this wish to the Wind Witch. Afterward, Link learns from Marin how to play the Ballad of the Windfish on its ocarina. A song of awakening. However, since it is not enough to awaken the walrus, Marin tags along with Link to Animal Village. Marin decides to stay in Animal Village after the walrus awakes, and Link finds the Angler Key in the Yarna Desert. Sometime before getting the sixth instrument of the sirens, the owl flies to Link and tells him to go to the Southern Face Shrine. When Link arrives there, he learns the horrible truth about the whole island. On a wall depicting the windfish himself, the words read, to the finder, the Isle of Koholan is but an illusion. Human, monster, sea, sky, seen on the lid of a sleeper's eye. Wake the dreamer, and Koholan will vanish much like a bubble on a needle. Cast away, you should know the truth. Link now faces a dilemma where he should awaken the windfish or not. But the owl tells him that, no, that none know if the inscription is true and advises him to trust his feelings. Link continues finding the remaining three instruments of the sirens. Eventually, he discovers Marin on Tautal Mountain Range being attacked by monsters. Link save her, saves her, and for a moment she tries to tell Link something, but changes her mind. The owl knows about the song that she always sings, the ballad of the windfish, and wonders if she was trying to awaken the windfish. After Link obtains all eight of the instruments of the sirens, the owl says that now is the time to awaken the windfish. Link heads up to the heads up the mountaintop and encounters the windfish's egg in which the windfish sleeps. With his ocarina in hand and the other instruments of the sirens, Link plays the ballad of the windfish. The windfish's egg cracks open and Link ventures inside. Inside, Link finds the true mastermind behind all of the chaos in Koholan Island. Shadow Nightmares who have the power to transform. The monsters were created by the Shadow Nightmares to prevent Link from awakening the Windfish. After a long battle, Link defeats the Shadow Nightmares, the last of Kohelan Island's evils. Suddenly, a stairway opens and Link's, Link climbs up, where he finds himself in a strange black room filled with rainbow clouds and stars. There, the owl comes to see Link one last time. The owl explains that he is, in fact, part of the Windfish's spirit, and thus was the guardian of his dream world. All was peaceful in the Windfish's dream until nightmares began to invade it. Many of the nightmares that Link had faced were the ones in the dungeons that had guarded the instruments of the sirens. But now Link had defeated the last one, and the Windfish's dream was at peace once again. With the nightmares gone and the eight instruments of the sirens retrieved, the Windfish could finally be awakened. Owl then states that his role in this dream is now complete and says farewell to Link before vanishing. Suddenly, Link hears a wail and Windfish appears before him. Windfish says that in his dreams, a whole world had existed. 
yet he could not awaken due to the nightmares. It is only natural that dreams are to end. When he awakens, Cahulant Island's island shall disappear. He says that Link may someday recall this dream on the wake, in the waking world, the only remaining memory of Coheland Island. The windfish then fades away and says that they should awaken together and commands Link to play the Ballad of the Windfish one more time. Link does so slowly while Coheland Island and its inhabitants fade away. Link is then forced out of the windfish's room by a stream of water. The sky above shines brightly as seagulls fly overhead. Link awakens on a wooden board in the sea, part of his ship, just as it was predicted. Coholan Island is gone and Link is back in the real world. As he recalls all of the events of his latest adventure, a shadow looms over him. Over him. Looking up, he sees the windfish flying above him in the sky. Link smiles, realizing that he helped awaken the windfish. Link's dream journey had finally come to an end. It appears that the windfish is a mere myth to the inhabitants of Coholan Island. Windfish's egg on top of Mount Tamaranch is rather large and can be seen from a distance, making it obvious that some of the inhabitants of Coholan Island would know at least something of the windfish. However, Marin is a very good example of a simple citizen of May Village, yet she knows of the existence of the windfish. She even dreams of wishing on the windfish to turn into a seagull. It's not quite obvious if she too believes it's just a myth or if it is real, however. Marin can be spotted on Tautel Mountain Range for no apparent reason. The owl seems to believe that she may have tried to awaken the windfish with her song. Only the owl and possibly Marin seem to know of the actual existence of the windfish. Shortly after Link clears the face shrine, a boy in May Village was asked by Link when they had appeared on the Coholan Island but had no idea what Link meant by this, suggesting that the inhabitants of Coholan Island have no idea that they are part of the dream world. The Southern Face Shrine is the only place that holds such much information about the myth of the windfish and the script upon its walls about Coholan Island being but a dream is very much true. Judging by these writings, the Southern Face Shrine seems to have been built solely for the person who would awaken the windfish. If Link completes his quest without dying, an additional scene can be seen after the ending credits. Both versions of the game show Marin as a seagull or simply having seagull wings, while the Ballad of the Windfish theme plays in the background. This may either hint that Marin had her wish come true and was saved from the fading dream world, or simply that Link was thinking of Marin and her wish of becoming a seagull. The perfect ending varies between the original Game Boy release and the Game Boy Color release. In the original, a Marin with rings on her back will fly around the words, the end, while singing her song. In Link's Awakening BX, a full-colored image of Marin can be seen within the clouds and her song will be playing in the background, although she is not the one singing. Shortly afterward, the image fades into a seagull that flies away. In the Nintendo Switch version, it is largely similar to Link's Awakening DX, although Marin's image is animated slightly to have her briefly close her eyes and shudder in an apparent giggle before it fades away with a seagull flying past. I think they really had fun making that one. Yeah. Okay, here comes the... Some of the uh, lesser popular ones, I guess you can call them that. Huh. Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages. I still want to play those. Oracle of Seasons with Link opens with Link riding a, riding a horse. 
spying a castle on the horizon, he goes inside and is sent by the Triforce to help the land being ravaged by the ruthless General Onyx. Link is teleported to the land of Holodrum, and after a bit of exploring, discovers a traveling troop. After hanging around and dancing with the troop's main attraction, then the sky becomes dark and General Onyx strikes. In the ensuing chaos, Din revealed to be the Oracle of Seasons gets kidnapped, taken to Onyx's mountain fortress, and imprisoned inside of the crystal. As a result, the Temple of Seasons falls into the earth, and the seasons of the land begin to become, become rapid. Link embarks on a quest to save Din and restore order. The young hero learns from the Maku tree that to prevent that to penetrate the center of Onyx's fortress, he needs to collect eight essences of nature. While visiting the dungeon, Link spies a shady character moving in the weeds. He sneaks by her and the girl disappears. After some exploration, he uncovers a strange-looking portal. Stepping on it, he is teleported to the lava-hot underground land of Sephrosia. Looking to his left, he sees the missing Temple of Seasons. Taking the Rod of Seasons that he borrowed from the Temple itself, he learns seasons from the Temple that become useful in his quest to retrieve the Eight Essences of Nature. After finishing the last of the dungeons and destroying Onyx and his evil evil dragon alter ego Din is released and the seasons become regular once again. However, the adventure is far from over. The flame of destruction is already lit by the destruction Onyx caused. Observing from afar, a mysterious pair laughs saying the true evil had yet to arrive. It's a little bit weird because the games were done in that fashion where they each unfold differently and get connected, so kind of weird. So, moving from Oracle of Seasons to Oracle of Ages, Link, having been sent from Hyrule to Labrina by the power of the Triforce, awoken Labrina almost immediately after stumbling upon Impa, who was besieged by a group of Octoroks. Unknown to Link, Impa had fallen into the clutches of the evil sorceress of Shadows Baron. This allowed her to trick Link into moving a sacred barrier that obstructed her goal, to possess the Oracle of Ages, Nehru. In full view of Link and Nehru's bodyguard, Ralph... My name is Ralph. That is the most basic name I've ever heard in all of Legend of Zelda, period. Ralph. <laughs> Rick it, Ralph. Varen quickly possessed Nehru and began to utilize her newfound power of controlling time, traveling to the past and beginning her plan to bring untold sorrow to the world. Meeting with Labrina's guardian, the Maku Tree, Link learned that to defeat Varen he would need the essences of time. However, the essences, as their names suggest, were hidden throughout time, making them very hard for one person to obtain. By taking up the Harp of Ages in Nehru's house, Link was able to traverse time and search for the essences throughout Labrina, all the, all the while correcting the damage Varen has caused to the land, such as in Symmetry Village. More than halfway into his journey, Link finally got a chance to rescue Nehru from Varen's clutches at Ambi's palace. However, as soon as he did, Varen possessed Queen Ambi. Using her new authority, Varen was almost successful in capturing Nehru, Link, and Ralph. But at the last second, Nehru used her power to return them all for the present. Gathering the last of the essences, Link prepared for the showdown with Varen. But before he could go, Raph, Ralph ran off before him so that he might uh, slay Ambi. Even knowing that with Ambi as his ancestor, her death would mean his. 
Baron proved too powerful for Ralph, knocking him out instead of killing him before moving on to fight Link. At least his name ain't Ralph. I can just see Link just go <laughs> running up to him and he'd just be like, he just go, <laughs> No, he hits him and it's just like, You've insulted the son of a shepherd for the last time! And he just <laughs> goes off. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Baron laughed as she died, saying that her goal had been completed, the flame of sorrow lived. As Link, Nehru, and Ralph returned to their own time, a mysterious pair laughed, saying that the true evil had yet to arrive. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're actually they're actually going to make a sequel. Wait, you actually took your hat off? For a minute. Just give a little airflow on there. He took his hat off. I do it all the time. Scream. Sometimes I don't even wear a hat. And this goes into the. As confusing as that open ended of both of those were, this goes directly into Link. I think probably the next game after Breath of the Wild could potentially be a sequel to Oracle Seasons and Oracle of Ages. And it's going to be something that ties both of them together and it's going to be a sequel in itself. Or something like that. Probably. Uh, after having a nightmare involving facing down a dark, shadowy figure, Link awakens to the sound of Gully, the blacksmith's son, calling for him. Gully. Having overslept again and shirked his responsibility to his master, Link follows Gully to the blacksmith's shop where he runs into the departing captain. As the captain thanks the blacksmith for his new shield and departs, the blacksmith wife quickly realizes that the absent-minded captain has forgotten his sword and tasks Link with returning it. The guard at Hyrule Castle's front gate reveals to Link that the captain intended on visiting the sanctuary before returning to his duties. As Link arrives at the sanctuary, he walks in on a conversation between the priest's daughter, Saris, and the gravedigger, Dampy. What's his name? Dampe. Dampe. That's literally what I said. You said dampy. Whatever. Theories offers to retrieve the captain from inside as Dampay continues speaking to Link before the doors to the sanctuary slam shut and Siri screams in terror. Dampay informs Link of a secret passage into the sanctuary beneath one of the graves and urges Link to use the captain's sword to navigate the passage and rescue those inside. As Link arrives, he witnesses a strange sorcerer by the name of Yuga casting a spell on Ceres to transform her into a painting. The captain, having failed to defend Ceres. the priest and Ceres, met with met with a similar fate on the sanctuary wall. As Link charges to confront you, the sorcerer transforms into a painting himself, yet retains his mobility. Link loses consciousness after hitting the wall, and Yuga escapes with Ceres' portrait in tow. Link awakens in his house once more, this time with a strange person and a rabbit rabbit hood, greeting him as he regains consciousness. The person introduces himself as the merchant Ravio. After learning what happened to Lincoln, asking permission to stay in his house a while, Ravio gives him an old, musty bracelet and suggests Link report the happenings to Princess Zelda so something can be done about it. I ain't gonna wear that bracelet if it's musty. At the gate, a guard laughs at Link's story and gains the attention of Impa, Princess Zelda's attendant. Impa allows Link to link entry into the castle as she announces Link's arrival, Princess. 
Princess Zelda quickly recognizes Link from her dreams and gives him the pendant of courage, something Link at the time believes to be a simple good luck charm, and tasks him with finding the elder of Kakariko village, Sahasrara. Upon meeting him in his home, he urges Link to warn his student Osvala of Yuga at the Eastern Palace, since he is a descendant of a descendant sage. Link finds him at the entrance, but Osvala is sure of himself and does not... I just went over that word. What word? Sasharala. I thought I said Sasharala. He said Sasharala. Okay. I'm getting confused here. Link finds him at the entrance, but Osvala is sure of himself and does not view Yuga as a problem. After navigating through the palace, Link sees Yuga turn Osvala into a painting before his very eyes. After Link manages to get the upper hand in their battle, Yuga furiously turns him into a painting as well. Leaving him there, Rabio's bracelet lights up and frees Link, granting him the ability to merge into walls freely. He finds Sahasrala. 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 There's no S at the beginning of that age. It's Sahasrala. Sahasrala, the age of Sahasrala. Is it really? Sahasrala. Anymore. He finds Sasrala at the entrance of the palace shortly before hearing an earthquake near Hyrule Castle. Yuga puts a barrier around the castle, upsetting Sasrala, who believes the pendant of courage is still inside. This is relieved when Link reveals he already has. He is then tasked in finding the other two pendants in the House of Gales and Tower of Hera so he can obtain the Master Sword to break the barrier and save Zelda. After obtaining all three pendants of virtue, Link ventures deep into the Lost Woods and pulls the Master Sword from its pedestal. Returning to Hyrule Castle, Sazrala tells Link to destroy the barrier and save the sages. Link confronts Yuga. Near the top of the highest tower, Yuga turns Zelda into a painting as well. Link and Yuga battle again, and Yuga then flees through a crack on the wall. Link follows him, only to find himself in Lowerule, a dimension opposite to Hyrule that is on the verge of ruin and Yuga's homeland. In the throne room, Yuga revives Ganon with the paintings and fuses with him to obtain his triforce of power. Becoming a beast, Link is almost doomed until Princess Hilda appears and imprisons Yuga. She tells Link he must save the Seven Sages if he wishes to save their worlds from Yuga's threat. When all Seven Sages are saved, Link is gifted with the Triforce of Courage. He returns to Low Rule Castle to confront Yuga for the final time, only to have Princess Hilda end up betraying him, shortly after explaining Low Rule's history of how it too once had a Triforce, but the people destroyed it due to the conflict it caused. While it was done with good intentions, it had terrible consequences on the state of their world. Wanting Hyrule's Triforce to save Low Rule, Hilda takes Zelda's Triforce of Wisdom and is ready to take Link's Triforce of Courage as well. After Link and Yuga battle once more, Yuga betrays Hilda and takes the Triforce of Wisdom from her, now having two pieces. Planning to take Link's to remake, remake Low Rule in his image, they have one final battle. Zelda grants Link the bow of light which he can use to get Yuga out of his painted form. After a long battle, Yuga is finally defeated. Zelda is freed, but Hilda is still desperate to save her kingdom. 
After a brief argument between the two, Ravio shows up and reveals himself to be Link's Lerulean counterpart. He explains to Hilda that this sort of chaos is exactly what led to their Triforce being destroyed in the first place. Realizing the error of her ways, Hilda sends Link and Zelda home through Lowru's version of the Sacred Realm. It is revealed that through the crack on the large slab, there is where Hilda and Yuga first felt the presence of the other Triforce, which led them to devise their plan to steal it. Rabio, being a coward of heart, was too scared to confront them himself and came to Hyrule to find a hero who could stop them. After Link and Zelda's departure, Lowru grows dark, showing that it, it is at its end at last. Returning home, Link and Zelda find themselves in Hyrule's sacred realm, with the whole Triforce up ahead. They both touch it with the wish for Lowru's Triforce to be restored after all they have seen. It is granted and then reforms right in front of Hilda and Rabio. They are surprised and grateful to them both as light shines on Lowru once again, saving it and Hyrule in the end. Oof. Okay. We're getting close to the end of this. Now, this goes in the events of Triforce Heroes. Triforce Heroes takes place in the fashion forward land, Pytopia. The kingdom's princess, princess, Princess Styla, was adored by all except for Lady Maul, the Drablands witch who despised the princess's cute fashion sense. The witch sent Styla a beautifully wrapped gift. Gift, however, this was merely a trick. As when Styla opened it, she found herself cursed to wear an irremovable ugly jumpsuit. Why does this feel like a, a fantasy version of the plot to Zoolander? <laughs> just that opening, that opening couple of sentences just made my mind flash to Zoolander for whatever reason. It's like Zoolander and Dark. So that's where that dude's super suit went. <laughs> Zoolander three, the Dark Ages. What's this name from the Incredibles? Uh, Which one? The one with the super suit. Oh, uh, Frozone? Yeah, Frozone. So that's where Frozone's super suit went. In her misery, the princess isolated herself as the rest of the kingdom went for her fate. Fear began to rise among the populace of Pytopia as people grew afraid of fashion and fear of being cursed as well. As only chosen heroes could enter the Draplands, her father, King Tuft, sent out a notification. What do they got? Cell phones? Sent out a notification to kingdoms near and far, asking for heroes to assemble, promising a great reward. A prophecy within the kingdom, however, tells of the Triforce heroes, who are described as having pointy ears, sideburns, and side-parted hair, who come together to form a totem. The prophecy goes on to say that once the Triforce heroes have overcome all challenges, the kingdom of Hytopia will be blessed with everlasting peace and style. The king firmly believes in this legend and believes only those who meet these criteria are the true Triforce heroes. But more than one person is claiming to be that hero. While passing through the land on his travels, Link notices King Tuft's sign asking for heroes to assemble. He is then spotted by the apprentice of Madame Couture, who immediately recognizes his features as the same of the hero's legend. Pressed into helping the kingdom and his princess, Link joins the witch hunting brigade and assembles with other Links as they enter the Drablands and fight its guardians. No wonder this one's not talked about. Sounds ridiculous. Then we have the golden era and the 
era of decline. Yeah, we're right here at the end of it because this is where the, yeah, you know, okay, I'll acknowledge it when it gets there. This goes into the golden era. For a long period, the kings of Hyrule successfully governed the land with the use of the unified tribes. Hyrule flourishes in this golden era. The last king of Hyrule had doubt in his son's worthiness and hid the Triforce of Courage in the Great Palace and cast a spell that will one day manifest itself in the form of a crest on a boy who is worthy of the Triforce of Courage, telling only his daughter, Princess Zelda. And this goes into the era of decline. The prince ascends to the throne to become the new king, inheriting only the Triforce of Power and the Triforce of Wisdom. Aided by a magician, he attempts to find out the location of the Triforce of Power from Princess Zelda. When she refuses, the magician puts her into eternal slumber as punishment. The now regretful king places Zelda on the altar in North Castle and decrees that all women born in the royal family will be named after the princess. The sleeping Zelda became known as Princess Zelda I. The king of Hyrule governs as best as he can without the use of the full power of the Triforce. This eventually leads to a decline of dominance and the kingdom's borders grow smaller. The Triforce of Power and the Triforce of Wisdom are passed down within the royal family while the Triforce of Courage is eventually forgotten. At some point after this, Ganon is revived and unleashed. Now, we started with the uh, Skyward Sword. Like what we actually technically started when the goddesses build everything. We've come all this way and we have we're getting toward the final stretch of this episode and we are now getting have reached. We are at the very first Legend of Zelda game. Mm -hmm. Because this is where it fits in this convoluted timeline. Mm And I believe this is actually from the manual. A long, long time ago, the world was in, was in an age of chaos. In the midst of this chaos, a little kingdom in the land of Hyrule, a legend was being handed down from generation to generation. The legend of the Triforce. Golden triangles possessing mystical powers. One day, an evil army attacked this peaceful little kingdom and stole the Triforce of power. This army was led by Ganon, the powerful prince of darkness who sought to plunge the world into fear and darkness under his rule. Fearing his wicked rule, Zelda, the princess of his kingdom, split up the Triforce of Wisdom into eight fragments and hid them throughout the realm to save the last remaining Triforce from the clutches of the evil Ganon. Excuse me. At the same time, she commanded her most trustworthy nursemaid, Impa, to secretly escape into the land and go find a man with enough courage to destroy the evil Ganon. Upon hearing this, Ganon grew angry, imprisoned the princess, and sent out a party in search of Impa. Braving forests and mountains, Impa fled for her life from her pursuers. As she reached the very limit of her energy, she found herself surrounded by Ganon's evil henchmen. Cornered, what, what could she do? But wait, all was not lost. A young lad appeared. He skillfully drove off Ganon's henchmen and saved Impa from a fate worse than death. His name was Link. During his travels, he had come across Impa and Ganon's henchmen. Impa told Link the whole story of Princess Zelda and the evil Ganon. Burning with a sense of justice, Link resolved to save Zelda, but Ganon was a powerful opponent. He held the Triforce of Power. And so, in order to fight off Ganon, Link had to bring the scattered eight fragments of the Triforce of Wisdom together to rebuild the mystical triangle. 
If he couldn't do this, there would be no chance Link could fight his way into Death Mountain where Ganon lived. Can Link really destroy Ganon and save Princess Zelda? Only your skill can answer that question. Good luck. Use the Triforce wisely. Now that was pulled from the uh, game manual because, you know, back then you didn't have cutscenes. So if you've never beaten it, yeah, you assemble all eight pieces, fight Ganondorf, then you go to the, and then you get the second quest, and then this goes into, uh, Ze uh, what was it, Link 2, or Zelda, Link to the Adventure, Link to the Adventure of Link. I think that's the name of it. Yeah. A few years later, the defeat of Ganon and the rescue of Princess Zelda, Link, now at the age of 16, is disturbed by the appearance of a mark on the back of his hand. Upon seeing this mark, Impa, the nurse of Princess Zelda, tells the story how ages ago the King of Hyrule had hidden a third part of the Triforce, the Triforce of Courage, in the Great Palace to safeguard it from evil. Upon the death of the king, his son, had searched for the missing Triforce, but its location had been imparted only to the king's daughter, Princess Zelda. Angered upon learning this, the prince tried to use the power of a magician to force the truth from his sister. After she refused, the wizard cast a spell upon her to, to put her into a deep sleep, which caused the wizard to die soon after. Only uniting the Triforce of Courage with its counterparts, Link will be able to await the sleeping princess Zelda upon hearing this tale. Link receives from Impa six crystals as that serve as keys to open the seal on the Great Palace. As Link learns all of this, the minions of Ganon begin to attack once again, believing that they would re revive their master by pouring the blood of Link over his ashes. They begin to spread across the land, seeking him eventually. Link gained the Triforce of Courage, uniting the three Triforces. Link returns to the Northern Palace to wake the Sunbrings up. And that is uh, currently, and it's probably going to be for the rest of our lives, the official end to the Fallen Timeline where Ganon was victorious. So that'll wrap up this first part of, uh, of examining the timeline. So now we will actually shift from that. There's some good punch. Actually, we'll save the facts for the next one because that that one's longer, and it the the adult timeline and the child timeline shouldn't take any time at all as compared to what we just had to go through to get through those. And that's time for speed run rec. So, if you're not familiar with what speedrunning is, which you're watching Twitch, so I'm guessing you have at least a partial knowledge of it, um, speedrunning is where you literally just uh, play a game as fast as possible, and you try to beat it in the quickest time possible. It started with just like any percent, do it as quick as you can, and from there, it's just, there's so many, cat there's categories for each game, there's like, some games have like any percent, uh, 100%, uh, New Game Plus, uh, Glitchless, Glitched, and there's just so many of them, but uh, for this list, I just took the, uh, the, the uh, according to the, the uh, speedrun leaderboards of uh, who completed the uh, 
all the Zettel games in the any percent category. Yeah, you can't read my handwriting. Okay. It's readable, but it's still chicken speech. Well, read. we need to work on that. We'll read. The first speedrun record of a Legend of Zelda the original Legend of Zelda is uh, don't try to pronounce it as best we can, but from what it looks like, it's uh, Sheiksal, and that's S C H I C K S A L. Sheiksal, 27 minutes and 21 seconds on 80% on the NES cartridge. Not just any cartridge. Well, well, yeah, because the Japanese text is faster. Next up, we have the link to the adventure link from. Dude. Yeah, D-O-O-D. Dude. Have you heard? Okay. 16 minutes and 38 seconds. And that was also any percent on the original Nintendo Japanese cartridge. With a link to the past with no major glitches from Edward. One hour, is, 23 minutes and 3 seconds. That is E D W W W W A R D. Edward. Any percent, no major glitches. Yep. On Ocarina of Time, we have Danny B. D A N N Y B. Six minutes, 50 seconds, and 800 milliseconds. Yes, because the milliseconds count on that game. Great job. Now we have Link's Awakening from Flynn. Two minutes and 54 seconds. On any percent. No, uh, what was that? Um, no, it's... No, uh, auto-generated, uh, code and extension of something like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the basic, it's literally just the basic any percent category. Now we have Majora's Mask from Spoon. S-P-O-O. Spoon. 24 minutes and 44 seconds. Nice, nice. And that's any percent unrestricted, whatever that means. I'm not really familiar with that category. Now we have Oracle of Ages from TGH, which is one hour, 22 minutes, and 28 seconds, seconds, 80%. Now we have Oracle of Seasons. Congratulations, TGH. You got 48 minutes and 6 seconds on 80%. And we have Four Swords. Red Frost, 18 minutes and 36 seconds, 80% OSI sold. Yep, DSI. That's that. What's it? It's a D. We need to work on your hand. And maybe a little more. Excuse me? I'll get the other hand. So, next is Wind Waker. And that is done by Iwabi74. That's I W A B I 74. At 53 minutes and 8 seconds on any percent. And I think that came that came on the GameCube, didn't it? It first came out on the GameCube. Yeah. Did you know there's like a hidden, there's like an unused game from the Nintendo 64 from the Legend of Zelda? There's many. Many. But they didn't use Yeah. And there's also unused content. Yeah, there's every game's got plenty of that, especially not especially these days. Uh, and then we go on to Four Swords Adventures, which is Navi Lin, N-A-V-I-L-Y-N, 
at 2 hours, 2 minutes, and 23 seconds on any percent. From there, we have the Minish Cap, which is VLACSR. V-L-A-C-K-S-R. And that's 1 hour, 31 minutes, and 49 seconds on any percent. It's crazy how people beat these games this quick. These are like literally like the session of a 90-minute movie that we could have sat down and watched. They beat this damn. They beat these damn games. Yes. Uh, this one's not really that shocking because um, it ain't gonna be that much walking apart. Twilight Princess by I hope I don't mispronounce this. Habrino, H A B R E N O. At three hours, twenty-nine minutes, and thirty seconds on any percent on the Wii, which is still impressive given that's you know the Wii. I can't even get past the horse. I mean, I've never even played it, so you're up, you're still one leg up on me. And that game is so. It's actually, one of the most popular games. It's underrated. It's pretty cool, but. That's one of these favorite games. You mean overrated? Yeah. You said underrated. Yeah, that's right. You threw me off that one. And then we have Phantom Hourglass by Mr. Underscore Shasta. M R underscore S H A S T A. Three hours and nine minutes and fifty-two seconds on any percent. After that is Spirit Tracks, and that's by Jasnix08, J-A-S-N-I-X-08, at four hours, thirteen minutes and thirty-six seconds on any percent. Then uh, Skyward Sword, S-V-A. At one hour, twenty-one minutes, and forty-nine seconds, any percent. Then a link between worlds. This is actually impressive. Legend of Zaheer. Uh, Z a h e e r. This whole username is the Legend of Zaheer, and that's uh, one hour, twenty-one minutes, and one second, any percent on normal mode. Triforce Heroes actually is different because they have the uh, challenges separated into actually their own each individual category. So there's yeah. numerous people that hold the records for each individual one. Uh, and then finally, Breath of the Wild, we have player underscore five, who beat it in 25 minutes, 6 seconds, and 567 milliseconds on any percent. You can find all of these on uh, speedrun.com. Is where the uh, global leaderboards are for it, and uh, those uh, leaderboards also have links to the uh, Discord servers for each uh, game because uh, a lot of the uh, speedrunners for games they collaborate with each other on new ways to, you know, figure out new strategies and work on uh, just initial strategy runs and everything. And it's just a good place to go if you really want to, if you want to ever wanted to try to get into speedrunning as the best place to go is speedrun.com and then go into the uh, discords from there because you know discord used by everybody now in the gaming community so but yeah that'll uh, pretty much uh, wrap up this uh, leg on the uh, legend of zelda and we will do the uh, 
later half of this in a, another episode. As a reminder, you, you will be able to find this episode within the next uh, 72 hours on uh, Anchor.fm. And we appreciate everybody who uh, listened, who listened to us during the live stream. We also appreciate those of you that are listening to us at a later date after this episode is concluded. Uh, we want to thank every one of you for your support. And we hope to actually like to see you again soon. And just come in and talk to us every now and then. We love talking to people. Say bye. Bye.